What's up, everyone? It's Jess Dow, and you're tuning in to Sign Just a Creative Mind. Dose number seven. Look out. It's time to identify your harvest. Hey there. Firstly, thank you for being here. You could have been anywhere, but you decided to spend this time with me. You have separated and prepared for your elevation and manifestation, and now it's time to identify your harvest. This is an extremely vital part of the manifestation process. The reason being is because if you aren't looking out for your harvest, there's a chance that you will allow seeds that you didn't plant to start budding in your garden. Or even worse, you'll overlook the manifestation of the harvest you worked so hard to create. Imagine, after all of your laboring through thoughts, word, and action, you walk right past what rightfully belongs to you. Sheesh, that's tough. Before we talk about the things that you did plant, let's take a moment to discuss those pesticides that try to embed into your soil, plants, and flowers. Walk with me for a moment, if you will. I recently had a day full of experiences that demanded my attention. Through my recent travels, there were seven moments that opened me up for more enlightenment in regards to the manifestation process. They all had a unique way of shedding light on my creative power. Here's a brief overview of the seven moments. Moment number one. As I stood patiently awaiting boarding my plane, there was an older lady, mid to late 70s, that stood on my heels. Not literally, but if she would have stood any closer, there's a strong possibility that she would have been. As she stood there, I hear her cough several times, and at this moment, I turned around. I wanted so badly to ask her to back up, but because she was older and nicely asked me a question, I felt that it would have been inappropriate. Moment number two. I was waiting for my driver at the airport, and an SUV pulled up in close proximity. This didn't alarm me initially because there had been other moments in which cars stopped to pick up other riders. Minutes pass and then I see my confirmed driver pull up behind the SUV that had been waiting. I gather my belongings and start walking towards my ride. As I approach the front end of the SUV, the man rolled down the window and called my name. He proceeded to say that he was my ride. I told him that there had to be a mistake because he wasn't showing up in my app. He goes on and on basically trying to say everything he can to try to convince me that he was my driver. This alerted me. At this point, all I could think about was the women that had come up missing. I continued walking to my confirmed ride, and the driver asked me what the man said. He stated that he was watching me closely as everything was taking place and went to tell me that it was a good thing that I didn't get in the car because it was a car from a specified rental car company and they had been doing things that were illegal. Moment number three. As I was getting dropped off at a coffee shop to wait for my stay to become available, we pulled into a shared lot with the church. I opened the car door, and when I began to grab my belongings, the driver started telling me of some local restaurants and attractions that I should try while in town. During that time, a car pulled up. I pulled the door closer to me so that they could park, and in true etiquette, I waited for him to pass by so that I can then fully open my door to get out. He walks past the car door and then turns around to me, gives me a disgusted look and says, you need to move this car. You can't park here because it's church parking. I begin telling him that I was only getting dropped off to go to the connected coffee shop. Before I could fully get my sentence out, 
He interjected and in so many words told me that it doesn't matter. Move. Moment number four. The coffee shop that I got dropped off at was closed. So I ended up walking to a well-known coffee shop a few blocks away. Upon arrival, I ordered and proceeded to find a cozy space to write the dose that you're listening to now. While snacking and setting up my creative space, I overheard an employee tell another guest that they closed at 1 p.m. due to being short-staffed. I looked down at the clock, and to my surprise, it was already 12.28 p.m. I shut down my laptop, leaving it closed on the table while I finished my snack and began looking up another location. Around 12.50 p.m., an employee walks over to inform me of the closing time. I asked him if he knew of any close places, and he ran a list of locations. A few minutes later, as I was standing up, packing my stuff to leave, another employee walks over to me. She says, I need you to move so that we can put this shipment over here and proceeds to walk off. Moment number five. I make it to my stay location and as I walk up to the door, I realize that it's still open. After checking my watch, I see that it's after my check-in time and figured that the cleaning crew had ran over into my check-in time. I proceed to call the host of the location and they confirm the cleaning crew had just wrapped up and possibly didn't pull the auto lock door closed. I then make a phone call to have someone on the line with me as I walk through the loft. On my search through the house, I see hair located all over the bathroom floor. Not to mention, there was residue of food and toiletry products left on the knobs of the kitchen and bathroom sink. Along with the residue on the bathroom sink, I see stains all over the white towels that were provided by the host. I think to myself, okay, no problem. I'll just go and look for cleaning products to clean. As I'm searching for the cleaning products and broom, in which they didn't have, I see three laminated papers with bold font. This sparked my interest, so I began to read it. In reading, I see rules and guidelines for this day, cleaning information, and checkout instructions. The paper that stood out to me the most was the cleaning information. This form listed dollar amounts that would have to be paid by the guests if linens were stained, damage was done to the property, and instructions on what to do and not to do with bed linens. In seeing that, I decide to message my host to ask about cleaning products and to inform them of the sinks, floor, and the pre-existing stains to towels. They apologize and send a cleaning lady to replace towels and to clean those areas. All I wanted to do after a long flight and a long, interesting day was eat, relax, and rest. As it gets darker outside, I no longer was able to use the natural light. So, I close the blinds and start flipping light switches to find the kitchen light. After trying several switches, I finally find the light. To my surprise, it was extremely dim and the light was flickering at a rapid speed. This didn't bother me at first. I've experienced moments where lights do this, but after a few moments, they brighten and stabilize. This light didn't do that. So I go over to the lamp in the corner of the room to turn on the light by the couch. When I turn on the floor lamp, I immediately notice the dust all over the lamp structure and all over the couch, I think. Well, so long to the thought of being able to relax on the couch while I enjoy food and watch a movie. At this point, I see that I can't eat food comfortably in the kitchen due to the light, and I couldn't sit on the couch to eat because of the amount of dust everywhere. But I had to eat, so I just decided to sit in the kitchen with my phone, <laughs> and I turned the flashlight on while I ate. Afterwards, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take a shower, lay down, and I can turn the TV on in the room. Once my shower is complete, I get to the bed. As I pick up the comforter, I get a whiff of something that was pretty foul. It's like a must that burns your nose hairs. I immediately yank the comforter back 
and I see fresh dark marks in a number of places. It was evident that the comforter had not been washed at all. So now this interferes with my third desire, rest. Because it was after midnight, I battled with whether or not I should reach out to the host immediately or wait until the morning. Because I was going to put in a formal complaint. And at this point, I wanted a refund. So what did I do? I reached out immediately. Immediately to provide pictures, video, and a complaint. Immediately for my refund request. And immediately for booking another location for my second night and final night. If you fully listened to the fifth moment, then you know that in the midst of the madness described there, I went to get food. While exploring during the daylight, I came across a taco stand that seemed to look aesthetically appealing because of their unique outdoor seating. Now y'all know I live for outdoors and I live for tacos. And if you don't know, now you know. If you don't know, now you know, hey. Anyways, as I walk up, I noticed a couple at the window ordering and a couple sitting at one of the seven outdoor tables. Yes, seven tables. Pay attention, I'm going somewhere with this. As I get closer, the couple at the window was walking to their seat. I begin reviewing the menu, step aside, and tell the cashier that he can assist the person behind me because I wasn't quite ready. The gentleman places his to-go order and then steps to the side. I order and go sit down at the third table. Within minutes of me ordering, I notice an overflow of people ordering, then sitting down and people ordering and stepping to the side. The seven tables are now full with parties between two and four people, with the exception of me, because I was the only one at my table. There are also people still standing around waiting for their order. As the minutes go by, I notice that almost every table has their food. I also notice that the last person to be waiting for their to-go order is walking to their car. I say to myself, if one more person gets their food before me, then I'll go and ask. And boom. As I was thinking that thought, the cashier that took my order is walking to the last table with their order. I catch him as he's walking back into the stand to inquire about my food, and he proceeds to tell me rushingly, yeah, we just had a $100 order. Yours is coming. And then he runs off. Now, at this point, if you know, you know. I walk to my seat, thinking about how every person that has gotten their food before me was seated after me. I am one person, and they are two-plus parties. Now, now I'm in my feelings and ready to ask for the manager, but I don't. Why? Because I don't want to come off as a difficult, angry black woman. As I'm thinking through my thoughts, the same cashier comes out, shoves the bag of food into my chest, and walks off speedily. Now, the pep talk begins. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Look around. There's a lot of people out here. Your character is on the line. If you respond like you're feeling right now, just breathe. Take a walk down a few blocks and then walk back to the state location. So I listen to myself. Now, hold on tight. Moment number seven. I walk down a block, cross the street, press the crosswalk button, and wait for it to change so that I can cross over the street I'm staying on. As I stood there by the crosswalk pole, facing the direction I was going to be walking in, I hear a female and male voice walk behind me. Before I can turn around fully, the girl bumps me on my left shoulder and pulls the guy around me as if I'm not even standing there. So, I'm done at this point. I speak aloud and I say, I don't know what's going on, but this is not my harvest. I do not treat people like this and I will no longer accept this energy or behavior directed towards me. So, 
The next morning, I get to my new stay location and drop everything at the door. I take a walk around the neighborhood and reflect on the previous day. I'm like, what the heck was that? Referencing all of the events that had taken place, and here is what came to me. One, take ownership of your life. Sometimes we allow people in our personal space, and because of who they are and their attempt to play nice, we don't put them in their respective place. What does it have to do with identifying my harvest, though? I'm glad you asked. You see, we know that these people are toxic because we hear and see that they are sick. All of their negative speaking, negative attitude, and leeching mentality all rest on you like a brick settling into cement. If you don't see the problem there, then let's break it down a little further. You're separating, preparing, and working to manifest friends, business partnerships, and romantic relationships that match your positive speaking, optimistic outlook, and you're a free spirit and giving spirit. Do me a favor. Grab a reflexive device and say, nah, not my harvest. Two, pay attention. If I hadn't checked my apps to see the details of the car description, I would have fell for the okie doke. We move around life aimlessly, no direction. We don't pay attention to signs, let alone pay attention to details. We think that because we are whoever we are, we're invisible. Distraction at its finest. Again, how does this relate to my harvest though? In order to identify your harvest, being able to identify the people and things that are there to distract you and take you down is imperative. Not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and financially. Three, your harvest depends on your actions. For an example, if you're a leader in your community and you want to make a positive impact, be mindful of how you conduct yourself. There are always people watching and you never know how your actions towards them could make an impact. On the flip side of that, when someone in a place of position doesn't see you as someone that is of value, stay consistent in your character. You reap what you sow, not what they sow. We are manifesting greatness over here. Four, even in the moments that you feel like the outcast, stay focused on your mission. There will be times that you think that you are the only person that cares for others with the love of God. Maybe you're manifesting a relationship that goes against what the social norms have become and people tell you, that's not going to happen because nobody does that. That's all right. Don't give in. Don't allow people to spit on your seed when you have been watering your seed with alkaline water and feeding it what comes highly recommended by the supplier. When people tell you that things will not happen in the way that you have been believing and working for them to be, that's your time to head out. God said what he said. You indeed can have it all. Five, stop selling yourself short. You know the quality of life that you're working to live. Why are you accepting spaces and people that are fused and contaminated with anything other than that? Speak up and step out. Remove yourself from those environments because you will contaminate yourself, your seed, and your harvest if you don't. Those aren't your people or your spaces. It's time to move around and adjust your crown. Six, the last will be first. Have you ever felt like you have prayed and worked so much but nothing is happening? You look to the left and to the right, and every time that you do, there's what seems to be an overflow in other people's lives. Then you start thinking, maybe I should just forget about it. Whatever it is for you. I might as well go ahead and lay them dreams to rest. Might as well start treating people the way that they're treating me. Might as well. Because everything that I've been doing isn't paying off. I'm genuinely a good person, and other people are out here taking advantage of every person that they come in contact with. Blah, blah, blah. Snap out of it. 
You are being built to last. God has given you longevity. And while those same people you speak of are minding their own business, even if it's scamming, you're over there focused on them and losing sight of you. When someone asks you, what's your purpose to do? You respond, I don't know. Well, let me let you in on a secret. You don't know because you're so focused on other people that you're neglecting you. They may look like they are in first place because you haven't even joined the race. Or if you have joined it, you are too busy looking around, being distracted to even be considered for first. You are right at the break of your blessing. Stay focused. Seven, identify to qualify. The last thing we encounter before stepping into our blessing is the last minute doubt, distraction, disbelief, and fear. Doubting that we're even capable of executing the ideas that we have, our harvest is present and we are in disbelief. Instead of believing that we deserve what we desire, we fear that we will do something or say something that will ruin it all. Snap out of it. You are at the crossroad, patiently waiting for the green light to cross over into your harvest. Let go of those negative thoughts so that you can walk freely into what you have prayed and worked so strategically hard to manifest. You can rest. It's paid off. It is here. Just walk in it. The wait is over. Can you identify your harvest? Does it look as beautiful as you imagine? I sure hope so. No matter the moment that resonates with you most, I want you to know that your prayers have been heard, your efforts are noticed, and your consistency will and has paid off. Here is something that will help you build your faith so that you can identify your harvest. Say it with me. No matter the moment, no matter my surroundings, I will remain focused. All of my prayers have been heard. All of my consistency is paying off and all of the doubt, distractions, disbelief, and fear have dissipated. They will no longer cloud my judgment or throw me off course. I am on a mission to make an impact and I will not allow anything or anyone stop me not even myself. From this day forward, I will walk in faith, confidence, and purpose. I am able to identify the things and people that no longer serve the timing that God has me in. I will not give up, nor will I compromise my purpose for temporary fulfillment. But instead, I will plant the seed, water it, and expect a harvest. I will be watchful and I will be able to identify and appreciate my harvest when it manifests before me.